talk. Welcome. Oh man, now we're into double digit, like beyond double digit episodes. Like yeah, number eleven. Scary. It is awesome. Like I keep thinking about how long we've been doing this, and it's like it feels like it's been longer than it really has, but it's still cool. It's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> well, I I mean, it feels like longer. Like I feel oh, like old yeah. hat. Like this. Yeah, is, I I'm, agree. I'm putting my hand into a nice, well worn baseball glove. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna play catch with my best friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. No, I agree. I, on that end, I sometimes think we've done many more, and that, I think some of that is because we're researching a few shows at a time. Oh man. So it's like, it starts to all blend together. As we'll get into today, we, you know, had narrowed into a topic and then it kind of went one way and then another way for yourself in particular, which is fine. I think it's awesome because it just gives us that much more to think about and consider for our perspectives. Yes. And this one's different. We're not diving into the news like we did last, you know, our last episode was great, I think, is a nice way to cover several different things, but... Now we're getting off of what you're reading about every day into something that hopefully interests you from our take on things. Yeah, so, um, I mean, we'll get back into it in a minute here, but I mean, um, we, we've been keeping our eye on the Hong Kong protests. Sure. And that was kind of like a thing we thought we would talk about, and I think that just what it turned into was Hong Kong, comma, protests, because there's mm-hmm. been a few... Yep. And uh, we'll There's get some into history. some of that stuff. But first, how was your week? My week was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a lot, uh, a lot of good things going on at work. Family's pretty, pretty healthy. Um, we're setting up a cool house bunk bed set up for my kids. So, so cool. I said set up twice because I'm literally going to be setting it up twice. But that's okay. Because yep. if you're going to do something, you may as well do it right. Yep. So, week was good. Uh, you know, time's flying fast as can be, and we're already doing hot. We did the trunk or treat thing on Friday with uh, Courtney's mom and the kids. Just oh, cool! Went over down the road here, yeah, guys, and did that. And so, yeah, it's happening, man. The freaking Halloween yeah. system. I feel like Halloween's an afterthought because you roll through all the stores now, and it's like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, I almost skip over Thanksgiving too, to some degree. I know. See, I'm huge on Thanksgiving. I'm not so big on Halloween. I get it now with the yeah. kids. It's yeah. fun. Fun for them. It is. It is. And and I'm going to go ahead and just be honest. My kids are too young to eat all that candy. So yes. there is some personal benefit. They need some help. <laughs> they need some help. That's right. Daddy likes some Reese's. Oh, man. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, and my kids bar. love them, too, and they, they claim them. They're like... Underappreciated candy bar. I think that's a crunch. worthwhile yeah, segue. I like the crunch, the bar. crunch bar. It's rarely seen anymore at the store uh, on the checkouts. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. There's like four different Snickers, two different Milky Ways. It's because people, you know, they... They, it's underappreciated in the sense that it's fairly simple, yet yeah. very satisfying. I know, but there's like four Hershey's bars. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't either. I'm not a big Hershey's fan. I feel like that's blasphemy. I love the guy. I think like the was it Henry Hershey? I feel guilty. I don't know, but I've watched like Milton that Milton Hershey. Milton Hershey. That sounds right too. Yeah. I watched the documentary like mm. three times throughout classes in college. Okay. And uh, he's got Hershey, Pennsylvania. Right. And a neat guy started with caramel. He said, "You know, I really? think his famous quote wasn't was, like European." Stuff's like inspired him and all that. Well, his, his quote over. was, uh, caramel, caramel is great, but chocolate is forever. Hmm. Yeah. I have to say caramel's pretty forever, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would buy It's Milton S. Hershey. Milton, I nice. no idea how I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> My brain is full of useless knowledge. 
But um, that's both. That's no, you're yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's that's why this podcast works yeah. because we are just full of it. Yeah, that's accurate. I'm sure some of you listening now are laughing because you're like, yeah, full of shit. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's my one that we'll just it's been from rough, now on. Been a rough, yeah, been rough in the comments this week. Yeah, you yeah. know. On that note, I do appreciate the commentary for the most part. You know, just in the sense that I I I love a good natured argument in the sense that. Um, it's okay to offer differing viewpoints, but when it falls into the whole I hate the name calling thing that people start attributing to stuff, not necessarily just saying that it's okay, like defending those things and yeah. that, that that approach. I, when you take it into the realm of I just like it because, that mm-hmm. becomes a problem for me. My, I understand, and I, I don't disagree. My issue is along the lines of trolling. Oh, and just uh, yeah. Yeah, if if you're gonna comment on our page and you've never watched a video, yeah, or never plan on watching a video, and you yeah. just come to post Republican nonsense or something, the, anything nonsense, right? With no sources or anything, the the response you may get in return may not be happy, and it may come from both of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it may have remarkably high levels of sarcasm. Yeah, I believe one person called it condescension. Mm. Uh, there are other by words a used. Four, <laughs> four letter word. Yeah, other words yeah. used. But you know, hey, that's you're uh, entitled to your opinion. Yes, and again, uh, we may change our philosophy on that if the uh, sarcastic comments doesn't seem to work or uh, el- elicit the response. Yeah. we were hoping for we may just go with removing those yeah i you know what we, we went into this whole thing uh promoting commentary and wanting people to engage us and we that i don't think it's going to stop but maybe the uh, avenue through which you engage us may change depending upon how people get into the discussion i always assumed like i remember ed debevix in chicago i think i've said this on air before but you would go to the restaurant to be insulted and I always thought there was an aspect of that that would be really fun in a comment section. Uh, you know. <laughs> Just, uh, you know. You know. I think people come there and they say, hey, you know, the, the hosts are, are smart guys that are highly sarcastic. And uh, we want to poke the bear to see what kind of response we get. I felt like that is what was going sure. on in some regards with the trolling. Sure. You know. So I tried to live up to that. Yeah. To the best of my ability. You know, and, and sometimes the hole is dug for you, not necessarily by yourself. And therefore, you're like, then you're looking up and you're like, okay, I'm just going to stop this nonsense because these people don't. There's no winning, right? If you're just going to sit there and, and start throwing out bull and, and not allow any thoughtful commentary, then at that point, like you said, you shouldn't expect us to sit there and just take it. So, yeah. We'll but- leave it at that. Hey, if you agree with us, we'd love you to join the commentary. Yeah, you know, I will say, and uh, I want—I'm not going to do any direct shout-outs, but I would say for uh, some some specific folks, and if you're listening, you know who you are. People have reached out to me, you know, and and said that they really appreciate not only what we're doing here, but also they read through. I think more people than one would realize realize look through the comments and read through the discussion and. People were telling me that they really appreciated the arguments that we were putting forth to try to um, reel in some people. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's where I think me and Brent differ slightly. 
uh, Brent has got a heart of gold in this issue. <laughs> I I think Brent deserves like sainthood for his actions and his demeanor. You're gonna make me the... blush, man. Well, you are. You're an, you're a great guy on these things. I I feel I have. I am very pessimistic. I feel like ignorance is the plague among us. Yeah, sure. You know, and like, and that you don't need to coddle these people. You need to almost slap them. A little, I don't want to use anything, any word violence, but yeah, yeah use, no jar violence. them into, you know, like reevaluating their stance. And I respect that your way is seemingly. Uh, nicer and probably uh i've always heard the expression you catch more flies oh sure uh, with honey yeah. than vinegar yeah sure and i think that's where you're going yeah and i think it's panning out i i just i don't know if these people want i'm gonna use the word saved i'm gonna go ahead and put it that sure, way you I, could put it that way yeah because that's what it feels like it feels like there's just this somehow people we've loved and cared about have been taken over by these idiotic ideologies that are baseless and factless and these people seem like they've become devoid of reasoning and abilities to find logical sources and well, and look at big complex issues pushing things like forcing it through for, it's like reading between the lines but like forcing things to come out of that yeah yeah and i don't i don't see any of them realizing that's a problem Oh no! Wanting them, wanting to change. It backs or... up what their thought processes anyway, right? You look yeah. for uh, affirmation of your feelings in other people. That's why we. That's tribes. Try yeah. yeah. It's and yeah, and and I don't. You're bitten by that bug too. I mean, it's hard to get out of it. It's like cults. Yeah. Why are cults so successful at keeping people <laughs> in? Because yeah. you get indoctrinated. Yeah, and I, again, you know, uh, Chelsea likes to push back and ask me like, "What are my end goals?" And again, my end goals is that people. Uh, that I am somewhat harsh with would maybe stop and re-examine their philosophies rather than, I don't know, I think like there's three options on the table. I think yours is to kill them with kindness. I think mine is just to, <laughs> that's to kill them, that's not where I want to go. Uh, no. Mine is just to be blunt, unapologetic, gloves off, you have idiotic ideas, call a spade a spade. Sure. And okay. if I can try to be a little funny while doing that. That's a bonus. <laughs> right. Extra points. <laughs> and uh, the third option is, I think, what most people do, and they just stop engaging altogether. Right. And, and that's I, what we will not do. I, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to come over to the Brent side. I see its, I see its merit. I see its validity. But, man, sometimes yeah, I just know, I... lose it with these people that have given up. I don't all... blame you. Yeah. I've um... told you before. I usually write something in response, especially after it's been a few back and forth and I start to get pissed off yeah um, I'll write it and then I'll delete it and I'll yeah. write it and delete it and write it and keep part of it and delete the other part and like I just write it over and over and over till <laughs> I, and I might even sit on it and read it for like a few minutes and then I'll send it out because I'm like do am I gonna come off just as a crazy asshole because yeah. I can write that stuff yeah believe me I can come on I some of these There's things that I get into friends <laughs> yeah sometimes I get into this and I'm just like I'm gonna plow through you so hard to write yeah. you're, you're gonna your phone's gonna slap you in the face like yeah. seriously right right yeah and with words <laughs> right <laughs> but I get you I and get you. and I think that's a great uh, a great like juxtaposition to me whereas I write it send it then proofread it, then <laughs> edit it to fix my spelling mistakes that I wrote out too passionately in the moment. Yeah, I I don't I, do too. I don't really uh, 
I, I there's I have to be honest. Most often, I never wish I would take something back. I have stepped in it a few times, and I'm sure I will again. Um, yeah. But most of the time, my, you mean what you say. I get it. I mean what I say, and and most of the time that I am like uh, a mad dog on an argument. It's when I know the facts. It's when I'm very comfortable, when I'm very right, yeah. and when I'm just uh, being, like, arguing against, like, straw man. I like that word from last week's thing. Uh, straw man uh, talking points. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. You're just trying to prop something up and you got nothing there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I think that's that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. Uh, I. We'll see where it takes us. Yeah, wish us luck. And join the debates. Please, we encourage it. Yeah. Regardless of your thought, bring something to the table. Yeah, one way or the other. So, good. Like it. Like it, love it. Um, Shall we uh, dive in? To, I think uh, we shall, shall uh, we dive into our topic for the week. <laughs> Sounds good. So let's talk about Hong Kong. Oh, man. And, Hong Kong. Uh, That's such a cool name, Hong Kong. You know, uh, I, uh, interesting enough, they used to spell it as one word. Really? Yeah, and then it was Hong like Kong? 1927 they voted to spell it two words. Hmm. It's much nicer as two words in my opinion. It is. Before it's that it was named something else too. It had a longer name, but it was just commonly known as Hong Kong. Like, I don't want to go off like too far off the rails and sound completely racist, but it makes sense that it would have a longer name before that, just mm. given the location. Extreme, yeah. Well, a lot of these places are going to have short names. Some of them, yes. So, uh, Hong Kong is interesting because right now it's a semi-autonomous region of oh, yes. mainland China. But how it got to be there yep. goes back all the way to almost, well, the late 1700s, yep. really. Right and uh, So, we got to talk about United Kingdom. Uh, they've lost... The British Empire The British time. Empire, yes. They've lost America. Yep. They've lost access to silver mines that they were using in... South America. Yep, they got spread too thin, basically. Yep, they have used their money to help support the Honorable East India Trading Company. Right. And uh, they are currently having issues growing cotton in India, which they had just spent a lot of money taking yep. over. Yep. Uh, so England's kind of hurting for money. And they have this massive obsession with black tea. They love the stuff. At this time, 5% of every household's income in England went to black tea. Yeah, man. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. I don't know if any, I don't know if 5% of my income goes toward anything. I would love to put that much money into coffee and think that's how much. I'm sure people do it like Starbucks, but I'm talking like good beans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know me. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah. I go to local coffee houses. Coffee houses. Coffee. I'm going to do like a whole uh, just dialect, go through them all. Yeah, man. So, I'm not very good at it, but you are. <laughs> no. I Better just, than me. I just fearless. Go for it. Yeah, fearless and failing. Yeah. And so... Um, black tea? Black tea. And um, the East India Trading Company was... Oh, we're going to do an episode on that whole thing. Yes. Like, yes. seriously. Honorable East India Trading Company. They were getting their tea from China. Yep. But um, where they were getting it from was... It was a monopoly in China being ran by the Hong. Okay. And the Hong controlled all the trade ports, and they had very strict rules that said foreigners couldn't come past the trading ports. They couldn't come into the mainland mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, they were pretty much locked off. Yeah, and now after a while, it gets closed down to one single port in Canton. Okay. 
Okay. That's the name of the place. Yep. Okay. And um, it wasn't working. Like, that's too much tea, too many ships oh, trying to, spot. Yeah. Yeah, to try to come from one spot. It just wasn't working. So this officer from the East India Trading Company, he just sails his ship past Canton. He's like, not going to wait. Yep. And uh, <laughs> he goes to Beijing. And that's he's why we gonna... should definitely do an episode of these people. <laughs> yes, right. And he's like, screw the Hong. I'm going to talk to the emperor. And everyone was like, what? Say what? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. You have to understand that the Chinese believe that they are the most advanced uh, civilization. The they chosen believe, people. Yeah, they are the <clears throat> superior uh, superior race. I'm going to hate to say that. but Well, yeah, they just believed in superiority of their culture. culture. And their... Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. And um, again, so this, this just circumventing of the Hong really ticked off uh, the, the Chinese and yep. trade was even restricted even more right so literally they're buying tens of millions of pounds of black tea it's 10% of England's revenue is the black tea Jeez. yeah okay so uh, UK is basically broke from wars America's yep. cut off silver mines and stuff and they couldn't afford the tea they needed right and but you gotta have it, man. Yeah, exactly. So they needed something that China wanted. That so, like, yeah, entice them. Entice them. Yeah. yeah, it was just such a huge trade trade discrepancy. Uh, so they had this idea to send an envoy. And the envoy's goal was to end the Canton system, that single port. Right. And to open them up, basically. Huh? And they wanted to start an embassy. Yep. So, uh, June 1973, they arrive and they ask for a closer port to Beijing. They don't want to dock at Canton. And the Chinese are like, eh, last time this didn't go so good. And uh, they say, we got gifts for the emperor and all this. So they let him go see the emperor. Mm -hmm. And um, ba basically, the emperor thought it was a tribute mission. <laughs> the emperor, like... Just took it as, ah, oh, thank you. Uh, yes, I am great. And thank you for these gifts. So they left with no concessions. I think they... it was 1793, right? 1793. Yes. Okay. Was Could... I right? 1973. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to like dwell on that point, but when the more you talked about it with the emperor, I'm like, there's, yeah. That's my, 1793, yeah, folks. Thing. 1793, yes. This Everything else. Is the Good. trade, whenever on yep. right? Mistaken as yep. a tribute and um, no concessions. So they let him in. Yeah. Um, but at this point, England really needs something that China wants to offset, and the answer they found was opium. Hmm. Um, the East India Trading Company found the cotton didn't work well in India, but they found that poppies grew very, very well. Oh, yeah. And it ended up being, like, much stronger opium than the world had seen really ah. before this. So yeah. it's good stuff. Now, China has a, a law where you can't, obviously, they opium's illegal in China. In China, yeah. So, uh, East India Trading Company doesn't want to break the laws, sure. so they make all the stuff and they take it to Calcutta, the closest border in India to China, and they're like, opium for sale, really good opium for sale, and, um, you want it, we got it. <laughs> and what you do with it, we're not going to ask any questions. Yeah, right? So, uh, Probably like, got, like at the time, the biggest, the best loudspeaker technology, like, blasted. Right, right. So, opium <laughs> by the drugs. is going like hotcakes, yeah, right? Uh, it's going like opium cakes. And 
it's just it's it's a big business. So in eighteen thirty five, this goes on for a while. Yep. Uh, Britain ends. So they basically like just flooding it, flooding whole time. China with yep. opium. Uh, Britain ends the monopoly of the East India trading company, and they basically get into it just themselves. They oh, directly, up sure, dire- yeah. yeah, exactly. They're like, "Why well, need a middleman?" Um. <clears throat> So by 1839, 5 million pounds of opium was pouring into China each year. Yep. That's a lot of opium. But think about how big India is and like the crop that could grow. Oh, yeah. So China wasn't just going to sit back and, just trying to and dump deal it in with and this. Like, yeah. China was very aware of what was happening and they were not cool with it. So yep. Leadership. They, um, they give a, uh, a czar, like an opium czar to get rid of opium okay yeah like a cabinet a minister of some kind yeah yep. yeah so this guy's name is lin shi shu wow yes i spelled it over here and then i spelled it how i could read it over okay. here yeah so uh now this guy was to crack down on opium he um he started arresting the opium dealers he started pushing people into rehab Wow. Like that was a big thing he was doing. He was pushing rehab. Like, he even wrote a letter to Queen Victoria just pleading with her, like, Stop it. Stop it. Come on. Yeah. Now, a lot of people think the letter never made it to Queen Victoria. Sure. So. Well, I'm sure there was, there was filters there and people with interests and didn't we'll, want her to find out. <laughs> we'll get back to that. But um, so Lin Sheshu eventually uh, has enough and he demands that the English traders turn over their opium. And they start turning over little bits and little bits. And finally, he's had enough. And he sees this 21,000 chests of opium. And he burns them. I bet that was. Everybody in the harbor's like, yeah! <laughs> Burn knows the wrong thing to do! We want to be downwind! <laughs> oh my god. It's so terrible to say, but it's the truth. I know. <laughs> that they're all addicted. Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> that guy was himself was probably out there like, okay. <laughs> I move my ship. I know. I'm so sorry. It's not funny. It's bad. We're bad people right now. I'm sorry. It would be funny though, uh, and and it could be. Basically, the amount that was burned was one sixth of what uh, the UK spent on their military. Wow. I mean, so they're not gonna be happy about this. Tons of money. They're like, so, oh my god, up ba- in smoke, literally. <laughs> yes. Back at home in England, they have the chief superintendent of trade. This guy's name's Charles Elliot. Of course it is. Yes, a lot of British names. And he promises to pay back the British merchants for all of the opium lost. Yeah. No worries, guys. We got this. Never paid it back. <laughs> so Sorry. Yeah. We could not find the money. But uh, got lost. <laughs> basically, there's there's still lots of British ships there and, oh, yeah. and stuff in the area. Yeah. And trade. Exactly. So, an unfortunate things happen where some British soldiers beat a Chinese person to death. And, sure. And Lin Shishu wants them tried in China. Yep. And it, it doesn't happen, but um, Charles Elliot tries them on a boat. A ship. On a British ship. Yeah. And basically, he invites Lin Shishu or a representative to come. None of them come. And he's like, this is defeating the purpose. Like, Lin Shu wanted to show them that there was laws right. in China and you couldn't. Right. So he... Can't just do your own thing. He cuts off all food to the British and he poisons the local water sources. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This guy does not mess around. And, like, the, if you look up Lin Shu, he is, like, talked about as uncorruptible, like, <laughs> high moral standard. Wow. 
I mean, he's... right guy for the job, I guess. Yeah. So, Sounds like he may be meeting an untimely end, though. <laughs> the British retreat to a small island. That island would be Hong Kong. Ah. Yes. Like, damn it. What are we going to do? So, Lin Shishu says that the British can dock and get food as long as they sign agreements saying they will follow Chinese law and not sell opium. Seems yep. pretty fair to me. Yep. But the order was already given for the British not to trade. Yeah. Definitely don't do that. Yeah. So, um, November 3rd, 1839. Okay. The Royal Saxon approaches a blockade and makes a run for it. Not okay. totally clear what it was doing, but it fires a warning shot. And so the Chinese hears the warning shot thinking it's a real shot. They send out all their ships. So... Charles Elliot didn't really want them to engage. Go to battle. They hold back, hold back. Eventually, shots are fired at the English, the British, and Charles Elliot's like, do your thing. So uh, the British destroyed all the Chinese junks, all but the Emperor's ship, and um, Elliot allows it to leave or live. And now it's kind of like, uh, we're going to talk about this. but They want to talk. British want to talk about it. Yeah, but nine months pass where people are just kind of holding their breath. See Basically, what, what the British was doing is they were massing their forces. They were sending guys through India, uh, and they tried out. They sent their first iron ships to go to this area. Okay, and ironclad. The, yeah. Uh, well, I, yeah. So uh, <clears throat> they basically they descend on. Oh gosh, Shushan. Okay. And um, Britain wanted the island, and the Chinese were baffled um, that they would just like ask them for an island. Yeah, their land. <laughs> yeah, right. Which understandable. So like you want what? I know uh, our, our land. So basically, British just invades. Yeah, they take it. And. Um, Q, um, to replace Xu Shan or Sun Sh oh god, to replace... <laughs> I think anybody's going to hold it against you if you have a little I know, pickup. it's so rough, man. Is it our friend here? No, yes, Lin Shui Xu, um, this guy, Qu Shan, was appointed. Okay. And he was allowed to negotiate okay. with, with the British. Okay, yep. So, Elliot... He negotiates a fee of six million pounds for the opium that was burned. They offer uh, Shushang back. Oh, I'm so sorry. The island they got, got stationed at earlier was not Hong Kong. It was Shushang. Oh. And they offered to give that back in exchange for Hong Kong, which is actually a more southern port um, and Technically, probably a little more so, strategic. We're going to give you back the island we took, but we want a different island. Yes. Way less inhabited, you know. Yeah. Uh, Maybe a better deal, it looks like, on the surface. So, basically, that was their demands. They wanted six million pounds for the burned opium. They would give back Shushan, but they wanted Hong Kong. And the weight was on. Um, eventually, this opium runner comes to Elliot, and he's like, dude, they're getting ready to attack you. Really? Dude. And, uh... So Elliot has the British troops do an assault on Shunpi, which okay. is near Canton. Okay. And this happens January 7th, 1841. 
and the battle starts at 7 a.m., and by 11 a.m., it was over. British and Indian Marines devastated them, and uh, the British flew, flag flew over Shunpi again by 11 a.m. Wow. Short battle. So, uh, basically, the treaty... Um, oh, the, and that's when they... Another thing is that were, the iron ship they were testing is called the Nemesis. Oh, wow. What a great name. Yeah. The Iron Iron Nemesis. Um, it continued on, and they took three more forts. So they were just destroying Chinese forces. Blowing through these towers. And a uh, ceasefire was basically call, called, and... Um, they got to negotiate. British got Hong Kong. They gave back the other lands, and trade would resume. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, well, there was a few problems. <laughs> uh, Elliot's boss, this guy named Lord Palmerston. Okay. Another great name. Yeah. Uh, was not happy, because he expected more money, more land, more open ports. Should have taken more, man. And he was the biggest the thing British. he was mad about. He's like, you didn't even bring up opium. Like you gotta get them to legalize opium. That was like their big thing they really wanted. Right. So um, they fired Elliot. But he um, anyways, that that that. So that opens us up to the next chapter. Yes, but the problem with firing Elliot is it takes four months for that information to get there, and things happen in that four months in which Elliot does not know he's fired. Uh-oh. So the other thing that happened was the emperor fired that Kushan, uh, Kushan guy, Kushan, okay. and he ordered him executed. Ah, because it was such a bad deal. He thought he didn't end up getting executed. So good news. Still though. Chancy little deal there. Yeah. So, uh, again, no higher-ups are happy, and um, there's still all these traitors in China. So, um, it's not a great situation. The emperor appoints three men to further deal with the British. One of them his, was his nephew. Two of them are some military men. And China decides to gather their forces and completely surround Canton, where Elliot was yep. with some of the British forces still. Yep. And uh, again, Elliot doesn't know he's fired. But one of the Emperor's officials tells Elliot, look, you're surrounded, dude. We're going to renegotiate the deal. And Elliot is a British person. And he's like, that's not going to happen. And so he gets the British troops and he orders them to leave or withdraw from Canton. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, they get hit by a typhoon Ooh. when they're drawing back. And um, it's May 22nd, 1841. The Chinese were shelling British factories so in they're town. Not, they're not going to be getting, um, you know, like, weather reports. No, no. They send uh, fire ships. Uh, the Chinese send fire ships at the Nemesis, but it flees. And um, the two British ships that were still there takes control of the river. Mm-hmm. And then they go on the offensive. The Chinese eventually give in, withdraw, they pay up an indemnity for starting some crap. Oh, they shouldn't have. yeah. And, <laughs> um, and again, when they're fleeing, this is when they get caught in the typhoon. Elliot's ship is destroyed, so he actually has to start swimming towards Hong Kong. Jeez. He looks behind him, he sees a ship. It's a Chinese ship. The Chinese are coming to attack Hong Kong. And he makes it. Uh, he makes it just to find out that he's been fired four months ago. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's replaced with these men who are dead set on extending the rights of the British Empire, no matter what. 
And now the British have a new stance where there will be no more truces, there will be no more ceasefires, there will be no more peace talks. And they started expanding north and east, emphasizing on forts along the way, getting yep. closer and closer to Beijing. Throwing their and territory. no hopes for the Chinese um, that the land would be just given back this time. They knew they would have to either buy the land or it would be forever British. ceded to the British. Yeah. So um, the one thing that the British kept noticing along the way <clears throat> is at every fort next to the dead, next to the cannons, in the guard towers and the barracks were opium pipes. The Chinese were literally afflicted with the drug that they, they were, were fighting against. Yeah. And like, man, it's just sad. Like, it's just a... How can you imagine fighting a battle if you're high on opium? And there's this rumor going around that the British didn't allow survivors. So they were all, like, fighting to the death. I mean, it was just... Wow. Not a great situation. Yeah. So, yeah, the Chinese were weakened by the drug the British had sold them. And um, most of the Chinese army was addicted to opium. Now, Shanghai gets taken in June of 1842. Yep. And then Zhenzhong, the And then in July, the Nanking is like the last big city it's left. Hold it, yes. Yeah. And yeah. why it's important, or why it was make or break, is it sits on the mouth of the Yangtze River. Mm -hmm. And that's where Beijing gets all their food and everything from. So if the British get... They could take that, it's there. They could squeeze them off. Yeah, and so, but no no big battle ever comes at Nanking. This doesn't happen. Hmm. Um, the emperor sends an official, and um, in August of 1942, the Chinese conceded. They agreed that $6 million jumped up to $21 million. Of course it did. And they got more ports open. The It ended the Hong Monopoly in all the ports. Right. Uh, the trade and like embargo thing they had. A consulate was to be built. Tariff rates would be negotiated, not set by the other country. <laughs> uh, Hong Kong would cede. Uh, oh, Hong Kong was ceded in perpetuity at the time. Right. And the people of Hong Kong would operate under British law, not Chinese. And um, the two things China would never agree on was Christian missionaries and the legalization of opium. All right. Which sadly kind of leads us into the second opium yeah, war. Yeah, so the Brits weren't going to accept that. Yeah, now the treaties that came, um, the the treaties that came uh, to the Chinese, um, they came to be referred to as the Chinese as the unequal treaties and began what would commonly be called the century of humiliation. Um, in this time, China's dealing with a lot of civil unrest at Internal home. issues, yeah. Uh, attacked by Russia, and um, so so like they're not in a good spot to deal with the Brits, right? And so it's 1856, and the relationship between China and England are still not great. England is operating at a trade deficit to China, and um, <laughs> they are actually drinking more tea. <laughs> Somehow, their their tea consumption has grown. And uh, they More don't people. feel China has opened up enough ports as promised, mm -hmm. and uh, the only way they are making it work is by still selling the opium. So, like, nothing's really changed. Yeah. Uh, in the, in Except for they have a Hong Kong, right? <laughs> right. Well, yeah, but tensions are still high in China. Yep. In 1856, the governor of Canton, the guy named uh, Yi Mingchen, 
uh, he seized a Chinese-operated ship that he believed was either smuggling drugs or working for the rebel, the rebels of the Taiping Rebellion that was going on. Okay. And uh, the Taiping Rebellion was burning all the opium, and like the British needed the opium to be sold. It's like this really weird environment of like terrorism and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the system that has to happen but can't happen, and there's just this delicate ecosystem of things and uh, the Taiping Rebellion was throwing that uh, off so uh, Yi Ming Chen the governor of Canton seizes the ship the problem was that the ship was registered to Hong Kong mm -mm. and the British were furious can't do that technically the British consul to China is this guy named Harry Parks and he's like super eager to make a name for himself so he's like really eager to go to war now, Yi offers to give the soldiers back, to, uh, but Britain says, no way, and they sail the Royal Navy up the Pearl River and start shelling Canton. Wow. And in England at the time, most of the Parliament is not excited about another war. They don't sure. want to do that, all except for the Prime Minister, <laughs> Lord Palmerston. <Yeah. laughs> and uh, he, he, was, he was all for it. Yeah, so when Parliament uh, voted to take no further action, he dissolved Parliament. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to do that. Yes, and he got the cabinet he or the Parliament he needed, and the vote for war was on. Wow. So, uh, Britain formed an alliance with France, who wanted to trade with China. Okay. So they weren't good. Come on, get on the action. And in late 1857, the Anglo-French ships um, captured Canton and imprisoned Yi. So they got him. Got they, the they sent him to India. Oh. To be imprisoned. Okay. So they sail up the coast of China. The uh, Ying Fang Emperor of the Chi of the Qing Dynasty wanted peace, and the result was the Treaty of Tijing, hmm. which gave Britain, France, yep. but it also gave Russia and the United States rights to trade throughout the country. The U.S. got to be included along with Russia to add more pressure to... The Chinese not to, to sign. yeah not to back mm -hmm. out okay if they would renege on it now they're not just reneging on the British and the French they're doing it on the Russia <laughs> who they've already been fighting with and lost territory to yep. and the United States who wants to make some money and do some dealing yeah as I say if I'm not mistaken that was there were business interests in the U.S. that were like hell yeah let's do yeah, this exactly so and they didn't have troops in the mix um, so let's win this is all going good so in 1859. For them. They send the... Yeah, uh, yes, going good for them. You're right. So they send uh, negotiators into Beijing to ratify the treaty. Mm -hmm. And they get captured by the Chinese and tortured. Ooh. And this really swayed the opinions of people like the Earl of Elgin, who was the British commander of the troops in China. Yep. Before that, he was really against the war, and now he was kind of all for it. Yeah. So um, the war continued, and... Britain and France seize more forts along the coast, getting closer to Beijing. Yep. In 1860, the Anglo-French forces soon um, collided with a large Qing army at the Battle of Palico. Mm. And um, China suffered over a thousand casualties to the Anglo-French's 50. Yeah. I mean, like, we... There was uh, massive technology differences. Yeah, they and... were using old mu flintlock muskets and stuff. They, we were using, like, rifles. We were not... You know, the British and French were using rifles. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the difference of yardage they could shoot were insanely different. Right. The, the troops from 
the British Army in particular are much, they're more seasoned. Like, they're trained. Oh, and that's, yeah, that's the other thing. The British Army is the British Army. They it's just, well-regulated, it's well-trained, yeah. well-funded, yeah. well-fed. And um, so the emperor flees, and he leaves his brother, Prince Gong, to negotiate with the Europeans. Okay. So the Anglo-French forces move on Beijing. They're allowed in. The Allied forces move in, and they looted the Emperor's Summer Palace. This is kind of the big thing. Yeah. And they found that several British envoys had been killed. Oh. And they burnt the Summer Palace to the ground. I mean, they trashed it. And um, this led to the Treaty of Beijing, which increased reparations. <laughs> it saw Britain get more land, yeah. uh, another peninsula. And so Hong Kong had grown in size. And um, and that's how the Second Opium War really ends. Now, the thing that's big about that is that palace they destroyed is still destroyed. Hmm. It is serves as a tribute and a reminder to the Chinese that this happened. Anytime um, trade breaks down with the West, this gets brought up. Hmm. I mean, it is something that's very much in the minds of the Chinese sure. still to this day. And now, there was a 99-year lease. That's what we find a lot when we look at Hong Kong. It was granted, yeah. Yes. So, the 99-year lease came at the end of the first Sino-Japanese War, in which China lost. It was 1894 to 1895. Mm -hmm. British, uh, British forces, I guess Britain, took advantage of this time to get a lease for Hong Kong. And the British representative Claude MacDonald just thought nineteen or thought ninety nine years was as good as forever. <laughs> this makes me question the British a little bit. Yeah, right. Couldn't have done a little better than that, huh? Yeah. Forever. So, yeah. So uh, the treaty was signed on June 9th, eighteen ninety eight, giving mm -hmm. uh, giving the Britain Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. Um, and the size and shape that we know of it today. Because yep. they got a little more land in that, too. So, 1997. Now we are... The time has passed. Now we are... The 99 years is up, and, and Britain turns back Hong Kong over to China. Yep. But so many things are different in Hong Kong. Right. Like, Hong Kong has their own dialect. They speak Cantonese. They have their own money. They have their own mail system. They yep. have... Infrastructure. Infrastructure. Yep. So... Trade. They're given Wealth. back under what is called the one country, yep. two systems. That's right. And basically, uh, Hong Kong would have... Semi-autonomous. Yeah. They would have dealings with their own... Um, they have their own government. Yeah, yes. Yeah, kind of. Um, so, bringing us to Hong Kong, Hong Kong has 7 million people. Yep. 13th most traded currency. 10th largest exporter, 9th largest importer. Mm -hmm. Have the largest concentration of billionaires. I didn't know this. Hong Kong was attacked the same day as Pearl Harbor. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that either. And is that in Ken Follett's book? I mean, Pearl Harbor is. Pearl Harbor is, but I don't remember it coming up. I don't either. China isn't discussed very much. I know. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Ken Follett. Shout out. A little lost there. <laughs> uh, so, ever since the transfer of sovereignty... Um, Hong Kong has had talks or debates about democratic developments. Yep, which should be something we all care about. Yes, it really should. Um, 
the issue is that when they had the two or the one country two system they were pretty much given their own government like brent said but in a not own government kind of way right they right. Don't, there's an executive that operates they have a chief executive yep. right and i'll get into how that all works um i think a, a of summary research. of how it all works yeah exactly so uh the first thing that kind of happens like the thing you need to understand that people in hong kong a lot of them came from china they didn't want to be in communist China. They came to Hong Kong. They appreciate the freedoms in Hong Kong that they don't have in China. Mm -hmm. Freedoms like freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom to... They can gather. Freedom to gather, right to vote. I mean, whereas China is a communist party with sole power to... Yep, the people. The people. They have, they have the, the charge and they represent the people. Right. And so, um... The 99-year lease ended and the two... Or the one country, two systems came in part with the plan that by 2047, Hong Kong would be fully absorbed into China. Right. And that's when the one that's when the system ends. Correct. In 2003, there was a big protest that broke out in Hong Kong because of a basic law, Article 23, which would punish people who spoke out against China. This was the first. Not first, but this is one of the big things that caused protest because it really questioned the autonomy. Encroachment. Of Yes, exactly, yeah. and and the people of Hong Kong feel like China is constantly. Um, so instead of just taking over Hong Kong and making them communist, the idea is that China's influence is slowly encroaching, right? Taking yes. like the British, right? With what they did with Hong Kong, yeah. they're slowly just taking more and more territory over in terms of legal, uh, legislation, right? And, and yes. propo propositions like that and suppression of, of traditional rights that were from, from the start of this. Yeah, so in 2014, that's when you have the other big protest. Mm -hmm. And that is after mainland, China, uh, mainland China's government, or the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress, makes a decision on proposed reforms to the Hong Kong electoral system. Basically, they want to... Uh, make anybody who's not friendly to mainland China that they are not allowed uh, to be considered for the chief executive. Hmm. And so uh, they're trying to control who can be the leader. Yeah, of basically, Hong Kong. China wants to screen the candidates for the chief executive role, and yep. it led to the umbrella movement. That's yep. the other big thing you'll see if you research Hong yep. Kong. The protesters having the umbrellas to deflect tear gas and. Yeah, and uh, it really split up Hong Kong. It, it like made the youth wake up, uh, who were previously pretty apolitical. Now they saw this big need to be involved and be aware right. of their civil rights and responsibilities. Beware. And this is in 2014. Right. Now, 2016, the Legislative Council... Uh, oh, the Legislative Council elections has some discrepancies in the electoral registry and um, there was some disqualification of elected officials and uh, this is at the West Kowloon High Speed Rail Station. Okay. It's in this region and this is the region that connects Hong Kong to mainland China. Okay. So this is kind of, they're saying it, it did bridge. not seem like they were uh, all Hong Kong rules, it seemed like China rules, because there were some national laws being violated, and uh, they fit China's laws, but not Hong Kong's. Mm. So, raise questions about the autonomy. Yep. And What's happening there? Yes. The Hong Kong's chief executive is responsible for enforcing regional law. Mm -hmm. They appoint the executive council. Yep. 
which is that was set up under the British rules, just like the chief executive. But basically, they're formal advisors to the chief executive. Um, the, they introduce bills to the legislative council, which is like their parliament or congress, if you will. Uh, they have 70 members in that. 35 members are elected through districts like we have yep. here. Yep. But 35, or excuse me, 30 are indirectly elected through interest-based groups, mm -hmm. uh, corporate interests, yep. like insurance, there's the medical ones, but they also have education, engineering, social welfare, information technology. They have their own representatives. They have their own representatives. Yeah, it's kind of strange. It is kind of strange. I can see where it... I would, At first, when they talk about it in the short video clips, they make it sound like they're just heads of the businesses, like the head of the hospitals would be the healthcare, whatever, mm -hmm. head of insurance, you know, and I was like, I don't like that. But then when it's like, it's like if if Trump's cabinet, I hate to use Trump, but if Trump's cabinet people were congressmen. Right. That's an interesting concept. Yeah. Um, I think it is an inter interesting concept. At the end of the day, the, uh, I don't know, I, it worries me. It's sort of like with what we, we say about corporations where they're technically, an they have the same rights as a person in many regards, legally. And so would you want, the CEO of Caterpillar to be a member of Congress. Right. No. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Right? That's where you can look at it as like, well, if there's just one person. I mean, education's like, one thing, but like, you're talking like, what's the split? How do you decide how many from each industry and all that? So, just kind of interesting. Complicated, I'm sure. And that's the thing. There's a real split in the parliament. I hate to call it that. The uh, Congress or whatever. Legislative Council yeah. on <clears throat> pro-China and pro-democratic people and um it all started kind of in 1997 when they were first turned back over to china they reduced the quorum or the number for a quorum down to 20 and um so majority well basically what they did so like a quorum is um how many people have to exist in the chamber for business to continue oh okay so that's if, if you'll hear in like so you don't have, have 20 States, people to run right Okay. And that really excluded a lot of, it meant a lot of people who didn't have to be there. And that's not really represent, representative of the government when you think that 30 of them are through organizations or special interest groups. Right. Um, so <clears throat> in 97, they do that. Now, um, the other thing they did was after the 15th of December, they amended the procedure in which investigative committees could be formed, and they started requiring 35 signatures. And basically, it silenced the pro-democracy people. Hmm. Like, wow. they've been cut out of their own government to call for investigative committees. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, <clears throat> I'm just trying to point out, like, China has been inching their way into this they've been trying to strip the rights of the people of hong kong um yeah so 35 constituents are directly elected 30 are independently elected by special interest groups and five are super seats elected from a short list of direct oh district councilors hmm. wow and that's how their uh, their legislative body works yeah, which gets us to today's big protest, which yes. is going on, if you're still there. Wake up, everyone. We're yeah. here today. Yeah. Uh, so sorry. Lots of history, though. Yeah, what do you think of context. the opium wars? Well, I think it's um, 
a classic lesson in how the British Empire approached empiring, right? Like they parallels they, in today too with how we the American people were so hooked on opium. Oh, you the uh, opiates. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's um, it's being done to make money, <clears throat> just yep. like with the opium wars. And that, yeah, again, that's the one thing I think. I like me and Chelsea were in this discussion about it. I don't think that the British were intentionally doping up the Chinese to take over. It was just I, subsequent. I agree with that in principle. I do because of what I've read and understand about the East India Trading Company. I believe that there probably were interests or people who said that if we just dope them up, yeah, then we can do whatever we want. Right. You know, so because a lot of those imperial, like at that time frame, you're talking about the people, the imperialists are still in charge. Like the aristocracy of Britain at the time believed wholeheartedly that, that they were put on earth by God to rule over their inferior peoples. Right. Right. And they're there to better the peoples by inst instituting the British way of life, the system of classes and all that. They thought that that was better than the quote-unquote heathen ways that these people were living before in their own culture. And that was the other thing, too. You know, just during the Opium Wars, they were fighting all these, I hate to say it, but, like, drugged-up soldiers, and they Correct. really thought they were just heathens and stuff. Like, yes, they didn't care. Like, They even convinced the Indian people that in their army, right, that were yep. part of the British subjects, mm -hmm. they were British subject, subjects, they convinced them that they were lesser people. I mean, that's, think of the Nazis, right? Yeah. It's easier to kill people if you feel like they're not really human. Yep. Back to our tribalism episode, too. Um, so today's protests have to do with a guy named Pan Xiao Ying yep. and Chun Tong Chao. Okay. Now, I'm going to say these names as few times as possible. Yep. Uh, Pan Xiao Ying went on vacation with Chun Tong Chao, and they go to Taiwan. Yep. But only Pun comes back. And he confesses that he murdered her, and she was actually pregnant with his child, which is not great. The problem is there's no extradition bill to Taiwan, so right. there's no way for him to be forced, forced. to go back yep. to deal with this. Yep. So they write an extradition bill in 2019, and in that bill, there's extradition treaty to Taiwan, yep. but also to mainland China. Yep. And If you're in the legal system, they can do it. They can bring you into mainland China. Basically, yeah. Now, the fear <clears throat> is, and I will say that this is a drummed-up fear. It's not happened. Correct. Nothing's been done with this. Right. The problem is that uh, the Hong people of Hong Kong say, well, China could make up charges, make up false charges, and then have us imported in. They say they could do it to people, tourists, visitors to Hong Kong. Can you imagine if me and you were outspoken against China or something and being a communist? Yeah. And then me and you decide to go to Hong Kong. We break some law and we and get extradite them, yeah. yeah. Us. Yeah, and you know, I think at the end of the day, it's not completely unfounded just with the um, the history of what's been going on with no. influence from China and the fact that the rules keep getting rewritten in favor of taking away the um, the, the rights. In 2017, nine pro-democracy advocates were arrested in Hong Kong. And then five booksellers were just disappeared in 2018. And people believe that it had to do with mainland China. Right. You know, and that's just it. I think it, because of the influence of China, I'm sure that at the highest levels there's cooperation, right? And that that would lead to some things happening, whether it be under the veil of Hong Kong. Yeah, that 19, uh, where was it, the 
2003 over the basic law article <clears throat> 23 mm -hmm. basically that was giving china the right to have a say in 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 who the chief executive was right and that's carrie lamb the current one there's basically handpicked exactly. by china and it's not going well for her no no she's stuck in probably the hardest rock in the hard place that you could be when it comes to her position and what she has to do I mean, she can't execute the law of the land because a a significant percentage of the whole population is protesting. Yeah, millions of people. I think it was, yeah, that's what I found. I couldn't get an exact number. Obviously, there's probably not a turnstile they walk through to protest. Well, but... and there's not, like, who who knows how much information is being censored. Well, yeah, uh, seriously. That, yeah, because that's happened before in Hong Kong. CNN's been censored in Hong Kong. Like It's uh, still China. There was a big SARS outbreak in in hong kong that really slowed uh, economic stuff down that was in 2014 i believe -ish. wow um and the problem is like china wants hong kong for its economic oh, prosperity prosperity yeah, yes man, the, they sure. have the biggest the largest number of uh billion yeah billionaires just the fact it's so it's it's a massive here i've got some uh, interesting tidbits about hong kong itself but um it, it's basically a massive uh you know, place where there's tons and tons of uh, rich people that are proliferate there. There's a lot of income inequality. Yeah. Um, and, like SARS. and so because of the trading, because of the massive number of rich people there um, and the established infrastructure of that, um, those mechanisms, right, that allow for prosperity, China would love to just take that over completely, have complete control of it, yeah. And then that just becomes under their wing. Now we can't forget, Hong Kong today is part of China. Like it's yeah. still, they it's maybe one country, two systems, but it's still they're Chinese people. Yeah. Um, so and Hong Kong feels very different about that. I sure. mean, I mean, like at the Beijing Olympics, Hong Kong had their own team. Correct. They want to be represented as if they're um, uh, Thailand, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's isn't another Thailand? really touchy subject. Yes. For... And I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but no. basically they want to be autonomous to the extent that they're their own country. And so I think that, you know, today's protests really are, are about that. The fact that what's the end game going to be, right? They're protesting, you know, and it's been, it's been getting more and more violent. They mm -hmm. had people killed. Yes, and that's why people bring up the Tiananmen Square protest that happened in 89, where a bunch of students were basically protesting and the government just non indiscriminately opened fire. And mm -hmm. he just started killing people. And then you see the man who stands up against the tanks. Yep. And that's in Beijing. Yep. Okay? In so, China. In yeah. China. The fear is that they, the People's Republic or whatever, the Chinese armies get sent into Hong Kong. Right. What does that do <clears throat> to the infrastructure? What does that do to business? Oh, yeah. state of How business? hard do they fight? Like, you're going to have a war in your own country? There's like 80,000 American nationals that live there. Oh, they're, yeah. They're going to leave. Expats. Yeah. For sure. And so, yeah, and... It's a very interesting thing to see how it will play out, just given the fact that China's not going to allow this to happen. Like, yes. in terms of the protesters will not make it autonomous. They will not make it its own country. They will not get probably any of the rights that they're trying to fight for. But the thing that I push back for for the people of Hong Kong is mm -hmm. that their rule says they will have it up until 2047. Right. That time has not come. No. Um, there are five demands that yep. you see... Withdraw yep, they don't want the, the protests to be called riots, right? Yeah, withdraw the extradition bill. Yep. Retract riot nature protest nature of protest. Yep. Uh, 
release and do not prosecute protesters. Amnesty for the protesters, yep. Establish independent committee to investigate police brutality. From the protests, yep. Yes, yes. And <clears throat> implement genuine universal suffrage. That's the sticky one. Well, that's the biggest sticky one. That's the biggest sticky Everything one. Everything else, they could probably, you know, polish a turd on. But the, the fact is, um, you know, the, they've already they've already withdrawn that bill. Like, he got shelved for a while, yeah. then they withdrew it completely. But that, okay, so they did that. They've got, what, another 28 years, roughly, where they're going to they're gonna slowly keep encroaching. And, you know, yeah, this is where... July 1st is when it ends. July 1st, 2047. And you have to realize that this is why it's important to people, Americans especially, right? We fought and understand what it means to protect your rights, but... <clears throat> That's just it. Is Hong Kong in a position, and I mean, the world's different today. They're not across an entire ocean, right? Are they, are, is this movement going to create an, its own thing? Because No, China's going to come over. They're going to bulldoze everybody, wipe it out. They're going to take it over. Uh, well, I mean, but what does that do then? How many people oh, are going to leave? Ruined, it, yes. People are, it, it won't be the Hong Kong that it is today. And it will... It, I think that's why it'll be interesting to see how it plays out, to see if China can find some way to establish somewhat of a middle ground in that they keep it, they keep up probably what will be a sham of independence. But I don't know. The Man, I was just looking for these this pictures of protesters and just some of their quotes. They say the mainland government is already pushing their agenda. Mm -hmm. uh, we are just fighting to keep the rights we already have. Yep. We still have a chance to make a difference. I don't know. I, well, yeah. I mean, what's the goal? They're, they get all their democratic rights, and then and then they give them up willingly in 2047? I don't see that happening. So that's where, I don't know, I just kind of visualized visualize this, like, fork in the road where either they, the protesters and the vast majority of the people in Hong Kong decide that they want to be a country and fight it out. Now, that's going to be devastating because, again, it's going to, same approach of what happened with, with the colonies in Britain, yeah. right? Or... Um, they find a way to create peace now, right? And live with the things, try to, uh, I don't know what the end game will be, right? If they let the protesters, like, free, they probably won't. Like, how does that play out? But a, pe a more peaceful path, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. If they, if the majority don't want to, like, fight a, a war of independence and then they go with, we have to operate within the system that we have today, then 2047 rolls around. Yeah, I mean, I... So, the problem, too, is that the number of pro-democracy seats uh, is growing. Uh, from 2000, I think it was around 21, and now it's 22, and there's six more that are just unfilled seats right now. Legislative? Yeah. In Hong Kong? Yeah, and I mean, where well, is it going to go? I right. mean, technically, they have the right to protest. They have the right to this, but that, 20, uh, that 2003 one, yeah. the article, basic law, article one. Sure. Basically, the way they phrased it, it says the chief executive must love mainland China and they must love Hong Kong. Right. But China comes first. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... China, are, like you said, they own Hong Kong. They... It's hap... I mean, I don't know... I don't know where this goes. It's good. The ideal situation for China would be to find some way to lock in a certain, like, basic... Bill of Rights, to use our 
Constitution's technology. Not gonna happen. No, no. Yeah, I'm just saying. I agree. If they were to do that, yep, and lock it in and say, we're in, but they establish we're in charge, guys. We're 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 meeting you in the middle and maintaining this. Here's your basic rights. But I think with extending those to people, there will be certain things that that people have to give up in order to be allowed to maintain that. Because the smart and that's smart because then they still they'll probably extradition is probably one of them they would they would put in place like you're our people yep. we're gonna get you if we need you or yep. want you and remember it's almost like we're allowing you to be a democratic country but remember the the communists are still hanging out over your shoulder I don't know I interrupted I, you no no it's fine I, it's good debate I I did, I feel like I'm just repeating myself because I I do just. I could see it going where we all have the fairy tale that Hong Kong is going to get to be this independent and free country. And, yeah, right. get, and that's not, I just don't no. see how that's ever going to happen no. without A, a lot of fighting, or I don't know. Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping, I'm sorry I butchered that, but the current Prime Minister yeah. of China. Hu Ping. Yeah. Well, that guy, he's just like Putin in that he's trying to reassert the nationality of his country and, and grow it into something of a force for the next um, the next generation, really. He's trying to set up the country. And you know why he's trying to do that, Brent? Because of the opium wars. Because of what followed of the opium sure. wars. They, they call them the unfair treaties. They literally... China uses that as a rhetoric today to say why they need to get back to be the greatest country, the greatest civilization. Sure. And definitely. And that is where, Xi, like, Xi Jinping. They're probably, we repressed them. Yes. And they got embarrassed. That's right. why they call them the unequal treaties. That's why they call it the hundred years of embarrassment. And they don't even want to sit there and, and like, they're, they think they're wiping out the history related to the cultural revolution that brought back their entire civilization. Yeah. Hundreds of years. Yeah, which, that's the thing I, I, I want to point out. It feels like, if you look at China, up until 97, and Hong Kong, it, it almost seems like you could argue that communism doesn't bode well for development, whereas Hong Kong has the highest number of skyscrapers any country in the world, or any mm -hmm. city in the world, I don't remember what it is. And, I mean, like... It just seems like Hong Kong got to advance so much more because they weren't communists. Right. Like, I would be... Can you imagine if someone came to us and said, hey, guys, you're going to lose. Come to America. I was like, you're going to lose your right to protest. I, we wouldn't take it. Right. We just wouldn't take it. No. And, and that's what the Hong Kong people are going to either have to do, leave. I don't know where they'd go. Well, I mean, it won't. It's like any other repressed um, group of people. Um trying to think of examples uh like myanmar or, or burma yeah, yeah the, the people that are being repressed there if you don't have a home no one is really like who's going to give you a home you're just yeah. going to carve out part of your country and give it to them like yeah. it just it's not going to pan out well and like you almost have to have you have to have a home right yep. so that probably won't happen i mean there's some people who will decide to immigrate and assimilate in other cultures as much as they they can but then it will become an, a, matter, a matter of affording or opportunity to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see it being like a Puerto Rico thing or something where they continue to get to be a territory of China. That's, well, something, the, I don't know, something will have to happen to maintain China's oversight but allow for the prosperity. It's That's, that's what they want, the magic bullet they want.
and the people of Hong Kong want the rights. Well, they want the rights. I mean, yeah. But I guess that's part of allowing the prosperity to continue is you have to make sure these people are know, somewhat contented. the slippery slope of, well, if people in Beijing want the same rights as people in Hong Kong, they're Chinese now, too. Oh, I bet. But they're also under under the complete umbrella. Right. And, and that's the There's funny no thing about communism, the like the complete authoritarian. If you have all the power, you have to make sure that the people are happy. Well, in theory. Regard. In theory. Yeah. And like that's why China puts such an emphasis on them as a civilization, them they're building like they build big buildings, they have big parks. They're like big on mm-hmm. getting people to be pro China. Yeah. We're the greatest. Be yeah. proud of who you are. Which yeah, that's I think that's an interesting way to I don't want to say quell the masses, but quell the masses. Like it's Well, you yeah, basically you're trying it's like almost brainwashing, it's propaganda, you know, to win yeah. people over to your side. After this episode are we allowed to go to China? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, probably not with the right visas. <laughs> with the right visas is people making sure that they're not overly ticked about us because the NBA lost billions of dollars, a billion dollars or whatever with their one guy who said he supported the protesters and then all of a sudden China was like, okay, well, you guys can't advertise or be a part of China's economy and that, anymore. And that's where people like in America cannot conceptualize what it's like to live in a communist no, and that's why LeBron James shoved his foot in his mouth and said that that guy didn't know what he was talking about. And it's like, you don't know what you're talking about if you're just going to sit here and say that it's okay to just destroy an established precedent yes. with these people on their rights. I mean, yeah, and there was that other so American, guy, it hurts. That other sports guy, uh, John Oliver, was making fun of him, saying, like, you don't mess up things when you support so many. Like, so he's for violating right. people's rights right. just to make money. He didn't. Yeah. Like it's it's that's just crazy. The gross side of America, capitalism peeks through. Well, it just kind of lets you know where his his mind's at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That may have been a slip, but a little peek into the inner workings of LeBron James's mind. Anything else we needed to cover? I feel like that that's Hong Kong. That's the protest. That, yeah. And that's why they have a distrust of the Chinese government. That's why that's they're why not we're looking here forward to 2047. It all starts with the opium wars and ends with the protest in 2019. Yep. And it doesn't stop there. We have to see if this continues to escalate. To they're not over goes. either, by the way. They're no, still the protesting. Are and they're pro-democracy. And that's what's scary, people. Democracy is a very minuscule chance. That's not probably what Hong Kong is heading towards. They're yeah. heading towards communist China. And Some kind of relationship there. Yeah. How uh, far it comes. Do we? Uh, we have a a viewer uh, that was asking us to talk about something. I feel like we have to do that. Okay. Uh, he wanted us to talk about the Ellen DeGeneres thing. Oh, and how uh, Ellen was photographed hanging out with Mr. Bush. Yes. The what are former your president? What are your thoughts? My thought and. My opinion is that nobody really should be sitting here and um, crit- just on the surface of a, a picture and people appearing to be happy, be critical of the fact, well, how could you possibly betray the LGBT uh, community by talking with a staunch Christian and someone who's, you know, repressed rights or whatever your viewpoint is. Um, War a, criminal, some people right. call them. A, yeah. you can't make that leap by just looking at the photo because you're not there, you're not hanging out yeah. with them, you're not talking to them. Uh, the other side of it is, too, um, it's like we were talking earlier about our comments. If you just stymie <clears throat> conversation and um, the ability to like state your case and have a you know well reasoning argument or discussion, 
then you're never going to make progress anyway. It's kind of like the tribalism thing that we talked about. And it's, it's how do we get past uh, our stagnation, uh, you know, people uh, just fighting one another and never getting anything done? How do you yeah. bridge the gap? Well, you talk, you yeah. work things out. And you may never see eye to eye completely. And that's not the point necessarily. Like if you can agree on some things and get, you know, if you can get along one, yeah. that's progress. Like we shouldn't just be out to get one another just because you have a different viewpoint. Yeah. Your thoughts, sir? No, I, I completely agree. I mean, honestly, this is outrage culture at its finest. Uh, I think it's like... People looking for a reason to be mad about people it. People looking for a reason to be mad about it, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem like there's anything there to be mad about. A, what the heck does What's... Bush have to do with anything? Like, <laughs> What no... bad is it doing? Harm is it doing? Yeah, you know? he's not president anymore. I, I mean, and I, I don't want to get into that thing, but it's illogical. It's illogical to me. Mm -hmm. If she was friends with Donald Trump or something, I could see there may be a little more pushback. Well, especially with how he at one point had some backing from LGBT groups and now definitely doesn't, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I mean, he's calling for removing transgender people from the army and stuff. I, I think people, and he's the current president, I think that's something that would, people would maybe be a little more just in their frustration yeah. and outrage. Sure. Bush, Bush is a funny guy. And like, he's not Trump. He's not means. Trump. He's, yeah. I may and, not agree with what he did in his policy or when he was president or when he was governor of Texas, but he's light years away from our current administration. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's our take on that. Uh, the one thing I was going to say similar along those lines is uh, we, may, we bring up the Conways every now and then here. Mm. And uh, George, yeah. Kellyanne's husband, yep. is a conservative lawyer. But uh, he called the the White House's rejection of the impeachment just baseless, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I thought that was interesting. I know. Well, yeah, and that's two people who get along. And there was that Georgia guy, I think, or Louisiana guy, uh, bald guy, super conservative uh, politician. He was married to a Republican. Hmm. Sometimes it takes opposing views to make things work it often takes opposing views to make things work well and you can agree in principle but not agree on certain topics that's why you can have a republican household that still yeah. like the conways that yeah. differ on their strengths i mean she works for the, the current administration and defends it to the nth degree you know so yeah i yeah i don't and i don't know maybe i'm wrong about the trump thing too maybe it would be just as fine for ellen to be friends with trump and i'm just well i think that Friends is um, maybe a strong term, right? Right. At first, maybe it's just more of a uh, acquaintance. Yeah, yeah, and just trying to Genial get, let's, yeah, let's state our case and let's talk about it some, and then we're probably going to leave this not agreeing on anything, but it's something, right? Instead of just flipping the middle fingers and or ignoring one another. Yeah, you know? even, even Jon Stewart uh, had a great YouTube debate with Bill O'Reilly. That's a great three-hour-long, great debate. I encourage anyone to go watch that. And they're vastly different people. They still manage to come together and talk. Hmm. So I think it's silly to blame anybody for talking to somebody other. Yeah. I don't know. I'll retract my statement on Trump. I need to think about that more. Still undecided. Still undecided. I like it. That's where I'm at. That's all right. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in as yeah. we talked about uh, how Hong Kong came to be through uh, British imperialism that led to a... Crazy system that we're dealing with today, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Quick overview of some of the protests in Hong Kong. Hopefully we've laid out for you why the Hong Kong people are weary of China and yeah. uh, leery of giving up their uh, their rights that yep. are duly given to them until 2047. Yep, and why you should care. Because yeah. at the end of the day, uh, you know, this is, this is where we were at. The thing we didn't <clears> say, <throat> millions of people are protesting in Hong Kong. There's only 70 million people in Hong Seven. Kong. Seven million. I'm sorry. Yes, there's only seven million people, and millions of people are protesting. As far as we can tell. That's like two in seven people. We've never in this country had a protest like that that I can think of. I would be curious if anyone can find one. Yeah, I don't even know. Like you, We were like proud the... of that million man march. We have 381 million people. Yeah. In today's world, yeah. In yeah. our scale, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's incredible. Um, they're united <clears throat> in this for the most part. The colors, by the way, I thought this was going to be brought this up. Colors yellow are for pro democracy, blue is for pro China. <laughs> if you see the colors. All right. Didn't know that. So, cool. Fun little tidbit. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I have no idea what we're talking about next week. We'll find something good. Absolutely. Been looking forward to it, guys, and let us know what you think. Have a nice day. Have a nice week.